Something I can help you with, bud? You have a Habsburg jawline. <laughs> I've never seen one quite so perfect. <laughs> what nice new friends you have now, Terrence. Terrence was kind enough to host the launch of my new mindfulness app. Unfortunately, most of the schools outside of Los Angeles, they don't teach mindfulness. So I figured, why not create an app where kids in places like Ohio, for example, can learn it for themselves? Ah, I'm sure kids would love that. Terrence and I have a history of teaching children with martial arts. Oh, that's right. You did mention something about a karate team once. Um, what was it called again? The Vipers? Cobra Kai. That's adorable. I had no idea you had a karate phase. Karate is not a phase. It's a way of life. You can leave it for a while. But it never really leaves you. Ooh, welcome to No Mercy, a Cobra Kai kickback. My name is Jim Scampoli, and I represent Cobra Kai because I am known to house a vegan tofu skewer. Wow, well, I my name is Jacob Burrows, and I represent Miyagi-Do because I never built a sparring place in my dojo. I was too busy preparing for the launch of my new mindfulness app. Yeah. And we're here to discuss the first episode of season four of Cobra Kai. And we've done our quick takes. I don't think you've heard mine. I've heard yours. But, like, we got to get into it real quick at the top. Season four how hyped are we? We're very hyped. I was very excited, as of uh, of course everyone listening, no doubt was. We it wasn't a five year wait, which was confusing to me. Like yeah. I was prepped for that uh, by the past. But yeah, any upfront stuff you want to get into before we break down this episode? Well, first of all, was I the only one when she mentioned the Vipers that thought of the Sopranos? <laughs> Do you remember Probably. when? Uh, when uh i mean now i'm talking with sopranos i'm sorry cobra kai fans but when tony and christopher have their like night of fun and they're running from the they steal wine from these people that are also stealing wine and they're like hey you're messing yeah. with the vipers <laughs> anyways <laughs> cobra kai season uh, no, four. <laughs> i didn't think of that though i did think of the fact that anthony uh daniel's son is also anthony much like in the sopranos oh yeah more sopranos connections cut to black sopranos sit down hosted by uh jacob and myself check it out but yes cobra kai season four so i mean are we talking we are talking well i guess not spoilers we're just talking overall thoughts on season yeah, four I think before I, we get into I don't episode think one. Yeah, I don't think anyone listens to this unless they've Already, watched yeah, like the full season. Like maybe some people in the future are going through going episode to episode and that's awesome if that's you. But I think most people have watched it. Uh, but we still like to kind of keep it like we only keep it up to this point because that's how we did seasons one and two when they were already out when we yeah. started this. So I think that makes sense. But overall thoughts, I mean, we can we can keep it vague. Uh, how did you feel about the season? Uh, I mean, now? it's it's Cobra Kai, so it's good. I definitely have yeah. some issues with it. And, you know, I know listeners out there get upset when we have issues with the show. Uh, I mean, it's just uh, my my issues mostly come from bringing in new characters because I feel like this show is in a later stage. Once you're on season four of this show, it just feels like you're and especially because it's 10 episodes. They're like roughly 30 minutes, sometimes a little less, sometimes a little bit more. There's not as much uh, 
you know, real estate to to dole out. And I feel like I'm not against bringing in new characters and setting up the future if that's what they want to do. But I feel like it it takes away from some of our favorites a little bit where they our favorites work now in shorthand where, you know, we kind of get an idea of what their arc is. But it doesn't always feel earned by the time we get there towards the end. And some of that's because they're setting up some of this new stuff, which is just kind of my main criticism. But overall, a lot of great stuff. I mean, we get to see Daniel and Johnny trying to work together, which we've been. I mean, it's been the main besides uh, Johnny and Miguel. The main crux of the show has been the Daniel and Johnny relationship. Uh, So it's fun to see them go back and forth. I feel like they cop out of it a little too early. Uh, there was a little bit more to mine there, but I guess the idea is that we're still on that journey and we'll probably see more from season five. Season five, which is already shot, by the way. Um, so I don't mm. think we'll be waiting till December for season five, uh, but we'll see. But anyways, that's kind of my general things. I, overall, it's great stuff. I think the I think the fighting is better this year, which is which was great to see. I think a lot of the choreography, I mean... They still have had some great stuff in the past. I mean, the the lunchroom brawl in season one is still an all timer, but I think yeah. overall a lot of the choreography really stepped up. Um, the I mean, the music stood out to me more, like in a better way. I don't, I, I, but it's always been pretty good, like the score they use. But I don't know for whatever reason mm. I liked it a lot more this time around. Uh, and I mean Terry Silver knocking it out of the park, like. One of the great things we've always talked about this show is that even some of the missteps that you want to point out from the Karate Kid films from the 80s, like some of the things maybe because of the time or because they were just doing a sequel, i.e. Karate Kid Part 3, they just wanted to do a sequel and they kind of threw something together. They seem to right a lot of the wrongs. And even though I was already a fan of Terry Silver, a lot of like people in my life that watch Cobra Kai and they're not necessarily that well versed in the films everyone was loving Terry Silver was the main feedback I was hearing so uh great to see him as well so I think overall very good except like I said a couple issues I had with some of the plotting because I felt like it took away from some of the characters I wanted to uh delve deeper with yeah uh I I think I were we're uh, fairly of the of a similar mind there i didn't actually like i was kind of on board with well i guess when we're talking about new characters we're mostly talking about kenny right i mean because yeah. he's the most ob- bla- obvious one uh that comes in and everyone else is just kind of incidental that gets added but uh you're probably right in that that's part of the reason why we get a bit more shorthand but either way i agree with that feeling that you know uh, and I, I, I rambled about this on my own quick take, but like the feeling that we get a lot of cool moments, but you kind of just with the length of the show, like 30 minutes times 10, it's not that much time. And some of the moments they're they're good. You just get a sense that it could have been better if we had a bit more to actually build what's happening. If Usually it feels like there's a big payoff for something and we had like one scene for it. That's not the case for everything. There's a few things that they, you know, build up really well and spend time with. They feel worth it and earned. And I'm not saying the, the other things that we're talking vaguely about are unearned, but it's also like, yeah, we want to spend a bit more time with the meat and potatoes of the show and not necessarily go off in different directions which is probably yeah partly to do with introducing new characters and stuff like that but i also feel like 
another thing that might be taking time away from doing those proper builds is builds two moments is that some of the time we're retreading ground that we've been on many times like when it comes to johnny and daniel like we i think it's easy to forget that even in season one i think there were moments you know of them starting to act a bit more friendly towards each other right totally at times and so it was kind of like oh well they can't go all the way with that yet and then it was season two and three and four and now we're at that point we're like okay we're doing this and we do get a lot of payoff of the promise of last season uh in that especially in the first couple episodes and i probably like the top half of this season like maybe a little bit more because of it because we're getting payoff on that promise we're getting them working together uh or trying to work together and failing which is part of the fun but then things fall apart between them in a way that doesn't feel you know it feels kind of like oh we've done this yeah we're falling back into the trope of you know daniel and johnny being at each other's throats or whatever uh, which, yeah, we've we've already seen that. And, y- you know, each season, towards the end of each season, between one, two, and three, they would always, like, hint at it, and then something, a misunderstanding would happen, and they would be at each other's throats. And then season three did kind of end with the promise of it. I mean, I get it. It still kind of works, but I feel like they fall back into it a bit too soon as far as the yeah. whole season arc. And then, I mean, it comes to a place of maybe a better understanding uh we'll see but i think also hawk is the king of like the king of the short end of the stick on the show (laughs) and he's such a great character and i mean i i I think even even listeners out there that love the show and would disagree with our quote nitpicks or whatever i think they would even kind of agree that hawk gets the short end of the stick a lot of times like we we still know a good amount of uh, from him between like the other seasons and stuff but between last season with his turn and then some of the where things go with him this season, we just want more. And I think that's that's just a, a compliment to his character and the actor that plays him. Like, it's just I feel like if we just got a little bit more of some of his, especially his interactions with Daniel and some of like how how things play out for him, it just would have hit a lot harder. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think the beats are kind of there, right? Like, yeah, if we'll keep it vague. We will get into it as we discuss the season overall. But like, we see him get kind of pushed down and then rise up. But it's just we have to infer a lot of what's happening in his mind. And he's kind of left adrift uh, in like... Even which dojo he ends up with feels like a coin toss that it isn't really completely like clear why it happens or how it's resolved or what he's, you know, actually taking from being in this new group of people and and so on. But um, yeah, we can get more into it even in this episode because Hawk is, you know, some of that is starting to happen with Hawk in this episode. But if we go from the very start, uh, I think you mentioned that we kind of get two builds up build ups in the end of season three that are kind of punctured at the start of this show as you said it's kind of something you have to do so we have uh the dramatic phone call that is immediately rejected it's luke skywalker throwing the lightsaber over his shoulder right it's that exact moment and as you said you kind of have to do it and i actually yeah i really liked it with terry silver and then they do kind of the same thing in that the last season ended with a dramatic speech from Johnny and Daniel and they go, let's begin. And then it's like, begin what? And 
to me, that one didn't work as well. That one felt more like it cheapened the ending. It wasn't terrible, but I was kind of like, meh. And then it immediately went into them doing their separate spiels of like how they're going to run this dojo. And that was fine. But I felt the way they were switching the music from like pan flutes to rock and roll as each of them were were doing their whole thing. It was a little... I think it was just probably because it's episode one and I'm not back in the universe yet, but my yeah. brain kind of rejected it a little bit as a bit too kitsch and a bit gimmicky too early on in the show. But then like literally like a minute later, we're in a montage of people fighting each other, like Miyagi-Do is fighting each other and just both being on the defensive and Johnny's like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, or like two, gu- two uh, Eagle Fang people pummeling each other with just aggression. And like at that point, I'm already into it. Like there was a slight kind of like, what are they doing here? But then once we get into it, I'm like, fuck yeah, this is what I wanted. This is what I've been waiting for. And uh, I was very happy with it. Yeah. And I mean, I agree with the, um, well, because I mean, I've talked about this a lot on the shows, like the basic, one of the basic things of TV is you always build to this like finale and then, but I I get tricked by it like every time because they, every (laughs) show builds to this finale and they leave you in this like, holy shit moment. And then I forget that because you get all excited for the premiere of the new season. And it's like, well, no, the new season is always just going to be about like deflating that a bit to get things a little bit more back to standard so we can try to like play this out a little bit. Um, so yeah. the yeah, the Terry Silver one works because the, the Terry Silver one is very similar to my pitch for Mike Barnes, the bad boy of karate. Yeah. Which I hope doesn't mean we won't get to see a version of that. Because at least Terry Silver's not so much like the way I picture Mike Barnes is that he's like kind of where Terry Silver is in this point, but he's actually even kind of forgotten that he was in karate, where he's just kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, that's right, the thing, I forget, yeah, karate, that was the thing I did when I was a kid. Uh, but here, yeah, it's like he, you know, it's it was a nice touch seeing the other end of the phone call, and he hangs up. But yeah, having those moments go both go back to back, the Terry Silver one shines a little bit brighter uh whereas the other ones played more as a goof uh with yeah yeah daniel and johnny i i mean i still it makes sense where it puts them at because they've decided to team up but they clearly haven't discussed anything past that that's why it's like they're both you know gonna fight over who's the actual sensei and different styles uh so it still makes sense but yeah just the the moment doesn't hit as well Yeah, and I think that uh, conflict plays out well throughout the episode because it's kind of perfect to me how the kids are the ones who actually, like, make everything stick together where they, I think, both kind of realize, like, oh, we're not, like, almighty gods in this because they're basically so pig-headed that they can't work together and, you know, Miguel and Sam tries to get them to, like squash their beef and so on but in the end they're they're coming in and it's only because hawk's there and all of the kids like with a sledgehammer and they're all just they've decided to build this thing because they're inspired by their senseis and they're like "Uh, yeah i thought that was just a good way to sort of show rather than tell that this working together will actually create something rather than just be them butting heads. Um, so, so I did like how it played out in this episode, at least. Um, but I'm getting ahead of my, myself. If we uh, step back a little bit, we also have, like, early on in the season... Uh, sorry, early on in the episode, we have 
uh, Cobra Kai. They've, they're basically licking their wounds a little bit because they yeah. had their big fight at the end of last season. And from their perspective, it's a, it's a loss, right? Because Hawk switched sides. Everyone got their asses kicked. And every, like Robbie's there and Robbie's like, what the fuck? Like, why did you do that thing? Because he obviously was not present at that fight. And he seems very reasonable throughout this. Yeah. Uh, and Kreese is there, you know, telling him that you know he has to show up if he wants to train or whatever and he's like i don't care i'm just crashing here you know i've and i said it in my quick take as well i'm more on board with robbie this season than i've probably been up to this point because he seems now like a person who's like hey i'm actually not in a karate tv show of course we know that he is in a karate tv show but just the fact that he's like hey the world is bigger than this and uh, i'm just kind of trying to not get pulled back into being a fucking pawn in this ridiculous game i gotta respect that yeah that's what i was gonna say it's very much uh you know godfather three <laughs> time i thought i was out they pulled yeah. me back in because he just can't help it he can't help just because he's still crashing there you know we get to see him pump iron doesn't need a spotter that's how badass he is uh but yeah i think his all his logic makes complete sense like he is you know he's like the uh, early season amanda where before she got pulled into this whole karate uh, duels that are happening, uh, but yeah, he's like, what, what, what was your idea? You were gonna break into the Larusso's home, and then what? That was gonna fix everything. That's a terrible idea. And I do like seeing Cobra Kai kind of like uh, they mentioned that a, b- a bunch of people quit, so they are kind of like uh, uh, on the ropes here. Uh, so they do need they do need a nice shot in the arm. They need a Terry Silver. They need a Robbie Keane. Uh, so I wish maybe, I mean, I guess I wouldn't need to spend too much time on that, but like, it is interesting seeing Cobra Kai, Kreese's Cobra Kai coming from an underdog's, uh, status. I mean, we already saw Johnny having to like climb that hill and like rebuild Cobra Kai, but now Kreese is in that form. Uh, we also get, we see that like, you know, it would make sense the LaRusso household now has an alarm. They've, they've been through a traumatic home invasion kung fu fight that happened. Uh, I did notice that when, like, the alarm gets set off and then, like, Amanda comes running out with a bat because they're all, like, post-traumatic stress or whatever. And when she call, when the alarm pl- place calls, her code is Outlander. And I was trying to check what that would be. I guess there's just another Netflix show called Outlander, so maybe it's a reference to that. I have not seen the show, uh, but maybe well, I've it's seen Outlander, else. and I I can tell you that it's the horniest show, <laughs> and it makes perfect sense that Amanda would be into it. It is a show designed for uh, women approaching their middle ages. No, that's rude, but it's like it's it's about a woman who travels back in time and has loads of sexy Scotsmen uh, and such fawning around her because she's from like the 1950s or something, and ah. she travels back in time. It's actually an interesting show, Sounds but like it's very Netflix horny. Show. So I'm like, yeah, Amanda's definitely into this show. Netflix does have their fair share of uh, horny shows, so it, it makes sense. I mean, unless it's a Karate Kid thing I'm missing. I don't think it is, but yeah, I, I just kind of noticed. I was like, oh, are they going for something here or not? Uh, we also get- I don't think... Go sorry, ahead. yeah, maybe it's just not here, but it's not a Netflix show here, I think. Not to be uh, oh, yeah, in Ireland, picky. Yeah. If we're talking about the same one, could be a different show. It's It was on Stars. Uh, but uh, yeah, whatever. Oh, okay, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I might be incorrect. Like, you're right. Uh, I, I just Googled it and saw that it's on Netflix, so it's probably just streaming on Netflix. So yeah, my, my yeah, bad. Yeah. Um, we do get hit... Like Amanda does ask the basic question of like, 
you know, how do we, we have this, we have this bet now. We have this, like, we're settling at the tournament. But, like, how do we even know if Kreese loses? Is he, he's a, he's a maniac. Why would he even follow through with his promise? And, you know, Daniel has this logic that it's very, I guess, similar to Karate Kid 3. Because Karate Kid 3 did come down to Cobra Kai losing the tournament. And that, like, soured their name in the Valley. And everyone's like, this is bullshit. So that's kind of what Daniel's looking at here is that either way, if they just beat them in the tournament, it'll show that Cobra Kai's nothing, even though who knows if that's true. But we also get a, a hint that Sam is now feeling the pressure because Daniel calls her LaRusso 2.0. And, like, he's mm. kind of putting it all on her shoulders to kind of save karate in the valley so uh, we're, we're seeing hints here and then of course we have uh johnny making dinner dinner for miguel's family which is a nice moment you know he's bringing in that sweet salsa and some fajitas from chilies he's, he's doing everything he's doing it in a very johnny way but it's ever if you know johnny you know this is very sweet and heartfelt and a good moment for him yeah, and Miguel bringing up the love of his life ah, at the dinner table was yeah. physically painful to watch. <laughs> uh, it's a great way to like remind us that yes, that was like the he was getting together with Miguel's mom, but uh, he obviously Miguel does not know that yet, or he would yeah. not be saying this shit, and that's going to cause loads of complications. And even just from the get go, that's exactly what it does. So. Yeah, uh, that was. I had to pause it there for a little bit. It was a bit, bit tough to watch. Uh, but yeah, it causes a bit of tension between the two of them, which doesn't put Johnny in the best brain space, given that he's also dealing with uh, trying to find some sort of balance with Daniel in his work life. Um, yeah, what I do like with, uh, I mean, I don't know why I expect this. For some reason, I expected like Carmen to be way more dramatic about it. I guess that's just from what other TV shows have taught me the way, like when something like this happens, the way people react. I mean, it does kind of, she does give him the old, like, you know, the, let's just kind of take it slow. But it's, I mean, it, it's felt like a more realistic way that that interaction would happen, not kind of like, you didn't tell me, uh, and like a big to do. <laughs> Uh, so I did like that at least. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> so we, I, I want to stay with Robbie for a second because we were talking about, you know, him being outside of the system or everything, but like, obviously by the end of this episode, he's in the gi, he's doing the full thing. So where does he get there? We have a scene with, uh, Tori when he's like pumping iron. Uh, he doesn't have a spotter, doesn't need one. Yeah. And he... I, I guess like it's a it's a one two punch because she sets him up with saying that Sam Larusso doesn't care about you, and then Sam shows up with him because she's trying to get him to you know leave Cobra Kai and come and join, but she manages to say like completely the wrong things talking about what she wants and how it's going to be good for everyone like doesn't actually care about him and i yeah. guess that's kind of what pushes him to go like all right um fuck it <laughs> i is this enough to you because i mean i'm fucking i'm so on board with his scene where he's there in the gi and he's gonna be basically he's he's coming in basically like a um 
Like, he's assuming the sale. He's like, I'm not just going to join here. I'm going to be a teacher. Fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) Try to touch me. And I'm like, this is badass. And then they do the fight. And it's a great balance because it's like Tori kind of manages to land a punch. And so he's like, yeah, okay, I'll leave. And she's like, I don't want you to leave. And like, it just is a great setup for the rest of the season, I think. No, I agree. And uh, yeah, it's a com- it is a combination. I think it does work because Tori even does specifically say like, you know, Sam LaRusso gets whatever she wants. And I, I do like Sam LaRusso, but she she can be an insufferable character sometimes. And later in the season, she is a, a bit... Uh, and not that like doesn't make her hateable or anything, but I mean, she's like every character. She's a little flawed. Uh, and it's, it's even, it's a little shitty of her the way she's like, not, I get why she wouldn't kind of tell Miguel what she's doing, but she's kind of keeping it from Miguel. He calls her and she's creeping on Robbie at the skate park. Who's just shredding him. You know, he's pumping iron earlier. Now he's shredding at the skate park. Dude's got his life God, together. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. He needs yeah. no dojo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I like how it, it sh- she does mean well, and I think everyone kind of gets that, but yeah, it's not, it's not hitting right with what Robbie needs to hear right now. So it is just kind of gives him that extra push between that. And then just like, I, I am glad that a lot of fans, from what I've been reading on the feedback, a lot of fans are kind of coming around on Robbie a bit. Not to say they weren't before, but people are really kind of identifying. Even though we love Johnny so much, uh, he's such a shitty father, um, yeah. and we know he's trying to he's trying to do better, but he's not. He's only he's telling he'll tell every other person, <laughs> you know, that he wants to do better, except <laughs> Robbie. Uh, so Robbie, his, again, it, going back to the beginning, what we're talking about, his logic works. Cause even if it's the, his interactions with Sam and Tori, I'm sure there's still a big part of him that does kind of want to, even though he wants to be above this karate feud, he does want to kind of stick it to his dad a little bit. And even Mr. LaRusso as well, he wants to stick it to him a little bit. Like these father figures that have failed him and he's not so much buying into this crease as a new father figure, but he's kind of this is a way to get back at everyone, which might not be the most noble of intentions, but it works. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what, some of the stuff we, we see throughout the episode that we haven't like gone into detail on is uh, like we see uh, the, the kids trying each other's fighting styles and then the first attempt, the first realization on day two is like, okay, we're going to have to split you up and train you separately. And that's like the first red flag that the senseis don't know what they're doing. Cause that was never like the idea, I think. Mm. Uh, and even when they do that, they can't because, uh, you know, they're tra- Miyagi's are doing meditation and outside they're <laughs> outside. They're yelling about being pussies and kicking each other in the balls or whatever. Um, so the balance is all off and Hawk even gets like smack talked a bit because yeah to be fair he has like trashed this place stolen mr miyagi's medal and everything yeah so he even says like hey uh, i don't know where i belong here so again this is kind of setting up his trajectory through the season and it's well set up um and i i really like when he shows up with the sledgehammer and the twist there because you do think he's gonna like be wrecking shit because everyone just gets kind of fucking like even fucking with him even eagle fang they're all like practicing attacks on him all day well even bridges with everyone 
Even like the most Even disappointing Daniel. part. Yeah, the, the most disappointing is when Daniel snaps at him. And I mean, he does. Mm. They do like it makes sense, though, because it's another uh, we're always reminded that Daniel like Mr. Miyagi would not do that. And, but Daniel, unfortunately, is not Mr. Miyagi. Uh, so he does have these moments. He does kind of snap out of it and try to, you know, go after him. But uh, oh, Daniel disappointed me so much. But thank God Mr. Miyagi has all this storage area that he never used. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, like land is just so cheap in L.A. as well. Yeah. So he just had that there the whole time. But, <laughs> but also going back a little bit, and we see this more through the season, I like I, it's always been a common, um, I guess not even just of the show Cobra Kai, but I guess there are kind of elements in Karate Kid a little bit, not as much. Cobra Kai has really explored this as the the bullied become bullies. Even Miyagi-Do people that are supposed to be taking in this training that Daniel's giving him, they're yeah. bullying Hawk, you know what I mean? And I get it, they have their reasons, uh, and, but we even see some other stuff later on in the season, and it it's interesting to see that, like, oh, you think if someone's on Miyagi-Do, they're picking up Mr. Miyagi's lessons and learning about defense and, and you know, doing kata and stuff like that, but they're still going to look for someone littler than them in school and, like, push them down. So the lessons aren't quite nailing, and, I mean, that's Daniel's fault or whatever. That's just how things are. It's tough when you have felt like a victim and then when you have some power it's hard to you know not use it uh but i i like i mean there's only a little bit hints of it here and we see a little bit more later on but uh i like that yeah yeah for sure um and obviously terry silver crease's courtship of terry silver is another part of the episode where (laughs) you know he tries to call him at the start as we said um doesn't he just hangs up uh I guess can tell from the voice who it is or just is like, you're not one of the three people I want to talk to. So goodbye. Um, But he shows up. And as you were saying, we've talked about how maybe uh, the bad boy of karate, Mike Barnes would be like a, uh, a school librarian or something, but this is kind of the equivalent where he's uh, I I said this in my quick take as well. I do feel like what we see in this episode retroactively, (laughs) like improves my view of the third uh, Karate Kid film because yeah. it's him going like, "Hey, I was coked up throughout the '80s. I have no idea what I was doing half the time, and uh, that was a really po- bad space I was in. So no, I don't want to go back to your karate nonsense. Thanks for coming though. Download the app today. Yeah. Like, so she he has this girlfriend that's uh, doing a mindfulness a- app, and I love the uh, <laughs> I love the int- all of the interactions that come with that from the Habsburg jawline, which is a jawline that comes from inbreeding um, among the Habsburgs. I meant to look uh, that up, but I, I forgot. So I'm glad you did. Yeah, it's well, the Habsburgs are like in. Uh, is it the Austro-Hungarian Empire or whatever? Like royalty, basically before World War One, um, before they were kind of fucked up. You know the um, the whole uh, Franz Ferdinand getting shot thing. They that was all Habsburg shit going on. Basically, is my diluted view of it. Uh, so I guess they had a jawline, and the first thing that comes up so, when you Google it is this is from inbreeding. <laughs> oh, so it's like the Lannister blonde hair. Just tell it to me that way. Yeah. Don't exactly. tell me real exactly. history. Just tell me about the Lannisters. 
I should emphasize that my knowledge of that comes from an alternate reality novel series. So, you know, it's a bit shaky even yeah, so. Knows? I don't learn anything from actual history. If you want actual history or real history, check out the, uh, the podcast on the network called Real History. That's real with two E's. But for now, we'll just say, yeah, a, a, a very funny line. And a, there's a few funny lines. But, like, it's always great to see. It was always great to see Johnny confronted with whatever it might be, anything modern, anything woke or technology or stuff like that. So seeing Crease in that same position, seeing that similarity between the two of them as she, he's offered some sort of tofu skewer, uh, it's just good stuff. Um, yeah. And then the way he kind of is more able than Johnny to play along with it, because, of course, we know him to be a proper, like, snake, <laughs> Crease, yeah. so he can go like, yeah, thanks, but he's uh, he, he plays along with it, kind of, but then gets Terry on his own and tells him, this is not who you are, you're just pretending, and basically gives him a sales pitch, and he is the master of telling you something that worms into your brain, and then later it makes you explode. He has done that to almost every character in the entire show, uh, and indeed it does work with Terry Silver, who kicks a wine bottle later and feels alive i guess for the first time since the 80s yeah he does and he does kick a uh cayman estate wine which is the wine by robert mark cayman who is the writer of karate kid like he has his own uh... wine now and like, I, I mean it is an homage but in a weird way to me it's almost kind of like haha fuck you <laughs> but i don't obviously i don't think that's how it's meant but i don't you could almost read because he like he kicks it to almost be like this ain't your daddy's uh terry silver or whatever <laughs> um but yeah it is a, a quick shout out to robert mark Kamen. i mean i guess it's like it does work but like what's going on in terry's head you think it's just kind of like he he's he, he kind of has it all but there's that thing that the one that got away, Daniel LaRusso, and it's like, I need to go back. Or is it just the kind of standard I'm old now? I'm trying to recapture the glory days. Like, what's what's pu- push pulling him back in besides Crease obviously getting in his head? Because he's like looking at well, his, his salad, and then his girlfriend comes in and mentions something or other, and then he's like in his wine cabinet. Is it just, this isn't enough for me? Um, yeah, I mean, I think in the 80s, he was he was probably doing loads of drugs, but the two main drugs he was doing were cocaine and karate. And revenge. And I think he, I think, sorry, what did you say? Well, because he, he also mentions revenge. That was one of his, like, main yeah, things. Yeah, too, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah another drug. But I, I don't think revenge is the reason as much. It's more just kind of realizing in that projecting... Like, because all of those things were tied up together for him. Revenge, karate, and uh, cocaine. (laughs) And, like, he rejected all of it in order to become a better person. And, yeah, it probably worked. He's probably a lot, a much healthier, better human being than he was. But karate, as we know, was always... Yeah, karate is good in this universe. Karate is a good thing that helps you be better uh, in whatever way, whether it's Cobra Kai helping you stand up to bullies or Miyagi-Do helping you center yourself and find balance. Like, karate is a good thing, and it's lacking from his life. And I guess he realizes that in trying to escape from all of those negative tangled up things, he ended up rejecting one of the central pillars of who he is, which is that karate was the thing that helped him find balance. Well, maybe not but it, it, it was a big part of him yeah. and he uh, i think that's what he comes back for uh we'll get into it in the next episode i guess but like he's he's not like 
coming back like, hell yeah, I'm in it to beat the LaRusso family or whatever. Like, he's back to just like, this is nice. I miss doing this, you know? I just want to do a bit of karate. And then gradually through the season, we know he's going to slip deeper into uh, Kreese's world and sort of the same madness, the same tangled up bullshit that he uh, he was in in the 80s. Yeah, and you know what's interesting? I we maybe maybe we talked about this when we discussed Karate Kid Three. I don't remember, but the actor Thomas Ian Griffith is one year younger than Ralph Macchio, Daniel Larusso. Because when they're talking, because like I, I I thought of it as you know, Crease is like men our age. We either like lay down and die, or we go back and teach them a thing or two, like whatever he's saying. And I'm like, wait a minute, like how old? Is, like because you know. Nothing. Martin Gove looks great for his age, but I'm like, clearly, like they can't be the same age. Um, and I'm like, oh fuck, he's even younger than uh, Macho. But I oh guess it's God. famous how in Karate Kid, it is famous that like doing Karate Kid three, he Macho was like almost thirty or something, right? Or he was thirty, but he was still playing like a few years older, like a college kid, which a common thing. But it is interesting. Whoa. Okay. So Thomas Ian Griffith is, he's born in 1962. Uh, and when is, when is, uh, Ralph Macchio born? Uh, uh yeah, let me see. Macchio. Uh, yeah, 61. Yeah. So yeah, November 61. So he's Whoa. 60. Zap That's fucking crazy, man. Isn't that weird? That's insane. Like, I know everyone has had, like, we've said it, everyone said it, but like, it's crazy how, you know, uh, Daniel's actually older than Mr. Miyagi was, brr. <laughs> but like, this is the real scoop. <laughs> this is what all the tweets should be about. And I mean, I, 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 as he said, he's playing younger, Ralph Macchio. So he's playing younger now as well than he is and he does look young, like he does not look 60 yeah <laughs> no. so it, it works but it's just funny that yeah i guess terry silver is yes terry silver fox uh that that's that's fucking bananas man isn't that <laughs> Though, weird i guess it makes sense yeah very very interesting fact um that i feel like i should have known already but that's cool and I mean, I wonder, I, I assume maybe he just re- regularly has the gray hair, or I wonder if maybe they had to be, like do that to to kind of... I mean, he is 60 years old. I know people yeah. who are like 30 who have completely gray <laughs> hair, so I'd say it's it's more that Ralph Macchio, uh, being what, part of the Hollywood elite, yeah. has basically injected every substance known to man into his face and hair, so I'd say that's more part of it. <laughs> yeah, or maybe, yeah, maybe Macchio, is, uh, which should have the gray hair at this point. Uh, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, it's just it's just funny because and even thinking about when they're shooting Karate Kid three, and he's supposed to be this like older guy coming in as his teacher, and he's like a year younger than him. I was like, hey, what's up, dude? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, um, well, we did we glossed over the the Miguel has the great strategy to talk to Johnny, and he brings up Rocky three, and yeah. you know uh, uh, Apollo and Rocky joining forces to take down Clubber Lang. And uh, it's perfectly done. You know, striking first is more badass, but now you're striking first with your apology or or your olive branch, which is such (laughs) like these are some of the moments that you you miss as the show gets bigger and the things change because there used to be so much more Johnny and Miguel, which I love. Uh, So it's nice to see moments like this and how we've always talked about. And it's a common thing on the show is that, 
you know, Johnny's a father figure to Miguel, but Miguel teaches or raises Johnny just as much uh, as Johnny does him. Um, so, yeah, perfect way to, to set that up. And then, you know, we see Johnny kind of going over what he's going to say. You know, don't apologize. It shows weakness. But then Daniel pops in uh, with some brewskis, gives him the apology. And he's like, yeah, that's right. You should be sorry because <laughs> he's in his head. He's thinking you're weak. You're weaker than me. But they do come. Well, we got to the- talk about the ham, right? Like the oh, yeah. ham that he offers. <laughs> yeah. This is great. The look on Daniel's face is amazing. <laughs> the only thing missing, which I was surprised, is because, yeah, he's eating the ham. He's like, you're lost. But he doesn't do his cap flip. He just kind of tosses the cap. And I'm like, interesting choice. This is a new Johnny. He doesn't flick his cap anymore. (laughs) I swear I've seen a cap flick at some point, though. So I'm I'm sure it comes back. I don't think it's permanently gone. A different character maybe does a cap flip this season. Mm. Stay tuned, folks. Mm. So I, I feel, yeah, this is one of the scenes where they just completely fail. Like yeah. Daniel's uh, argument is you should join Miyagi-Do. It's not crazy. Like Eagle Fang is kind of bullshit. It honestly felt like a placeholder thing that I thought would be gone by the end of last <laughs> season one way or another. But no, we're still doing the Eagle Fang thing, even though it was a uh, dojo started in a park a few yeah. weeks ago. Um, but that Eagle Fang, like, it should just be, like, he has Cobra Kai heritage. And, like, it's uh, the uh, what we actually want to see is the melding of Cobra Kai and, and Miyagi-Do, obviously. Like, yeah. that's the what, what we're going to see. But they basically just ha- managed to have a little argument, right? Like, and, like, oh, you're complaining about money or the dojo. You have a stolen car from my lot. And they're, they kind of give up. But I don't... I, I think it makes sense because, as I said they are not good at this and it's only and they even are going to give up and then that gives us an opportunity to see how these kids are actually the ones bringing them closer together and that's kind of where we end uh but they they still don't really have a good plan for how they're actually going to make this work so we'll see how that plays out over the next few episodes yeah they kind of just see the potential and it makes them reconsider because they do basically decide that oh this is it we're done and I mean, I I definitely suspected that uh, Eagle Fang was going to stick it around because when we discussed the finale last year, that's why I was asking the question. I was like, "What's going to be the name of the new dojo? It has to be a combination." Uh, yeah. We're not quite there yet, but maybe we will get there or see a hint of it. We'll see. Stay tuned, folks. <laughs> Very true. Well, uh, let's wrap up our chat about yeah. the first episode, but there are many more to come. So stay tuned and we'll get into episode two and beyond. You can also share your thoughts on this season, whether you want to just discuss something specific. You can send us your thoughts if you have uh, thoughts on specific uh, events throughout the season and we can bring them up as we go. Or you can just simply send them to us and we'll uh, bring them up towards the end of the season as we, we sort of wrap up. But you can email them to showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com. Uh, or you could tweet at us. That would be at shows what you know, the letter U. I am always going to be annoyed about that. And <laughs> maybe we'll yeah. change our ad at some point. But yeah, shows what you know, the letter U on Twitter. Um, and beyond that, I think we can just say uh, leave us some reviews on Apple Podcasts. They are very much appreciated, or whichever podcatcher you use. And do tell a friend that likes or loves Cobra Kai. And check out the other shows on the network. God, there are so many things to yes. say. You can find them at showswhatyouknow.com. Is there anything else, Jim? Uh, I think there's just one more thing to say. What's that? Strike first. Strike hard. No No mercy. mercy.